You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic with Dr. Heidi, a toxic relationship specialist. Here, we bring hope, healing, and freedom to those who have been affected by toxic relationships and emotional abuse. Learn to not only recognize a red flag when you see one, but have the courage to choose yourself and move forward in a life that's free from toxic control of others. Living in an environment that's not healthy for you can cause this type of abuse to be accepted as normal. The truth is, it's not normal. It's toxic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People. This is Dr. Heidi. And today we have a guest, Leslie. Welcome. Hi. Good morning. I'm glad that you're here. Leslie is a certified registered nurse anesthetist, and she works for the Department of Anesthesiology in St. Louis, Missouri. She works in a collaborative environment to provide superior patient experience to each patient requiring anesthetic care. In addition, in early 2020, she formed the Mighty Talks podcast, where she discusses how to survive, thrive, and overcome to find wellness and happiness despite a chronic illness or traumatic experience. After suffering a painful, debilitating medical condition, Leslie knew she could use her own journey and knowledge to help others overcome life hurdles and lead fulfilling lives. So that being said, Leslie and I have quite a bit in common. So Leslie, I'm glad that you're here. And I had the opportunity to be a guest on her podcast a couple weeks ago. So she'll give you the information on how to find her podcast a little bit later in the show. Um, So Leslie, your podcast is about finding happiness through health issues. What, what particularly made you decide to start your podcast? Oh, that's a great question. Um, (laughs) You know, my whole journey through chronic pain and the health issues that I've had in the last almost two years now, a lot of that was a negative experience and a lot of it brought a a ton of emotion. And I know there are millions of people in the United States alone that are dealing with either some type of physical or maybe emotional pain and feel alone and they feel trapped and they feel just this overwhelming sense of despair and sadness. And back in April, when I started Mighty Talks, um, the quarantine had just kind of began in the United States and I felt myself isolated even more. So on top of having issues of my own, you're missing, you know, human connection. My hours at work had backed off, which was a positive thing for me. Um, But I I missed human interaction and I kind of sat back and I thought about my own experience and my medical background and my knowledge in healthcare, I still felt lost. And I I couldn't help but feel that there's so many other people that felt that way. And I thought, well, this is a great thing for me to not only one, talk about my own feelings and get that off of my chest, but also have an outlet and maybe a support system or a place for people to go to, to find resources and education about what's going on in their own life. So I thought I'd, I turned my, my like traumatic past into something positive that could not only help me, but 
but other people listening as well. Um, you just made me think of something because as my <laughs> listeners know, I'm in healthcare also. Yes. And, yes. And when you go through taking care of people all the time, we eventually figure out that we are the worst patients. Oh, I know. Because we can, we can tell other people how to take care of themselves, but then we don't even put it into our playbook to do the same thing for ourselves. So I was in the same exact boat as you. So can you tell us what health issues that you've had that your journey has kind of led you through? Absolutely. So I, for the most part, have been, I've been blessed to be healthy and active. And I, prior to the whole um, experience beginning in 2018, I guess it was fall of 2018, I had been active in weightlifting and I was running and I, on average was working out about 60 to 90 minutes a day. Um, and I suddenly, I was working a 12 hour shift and felt just this like writhing, heavy, tightening feeling in my back. And I thought, oh gosh, what is going on? And by the end of the day, I, I had noticed some sensation changes below my knee on my left side of my body. And I immediately thought, what did I do to my back? And I had an MRI the following day, um, which looked fine. It looked like a normal, healthy thoracic lumbar spine. Um, after about a month or two of waiting to see a physiatrist, which is a, a physician that focuses on rehabilitation medicine and focusing on people that have musculoskeletal disorders, I had a um, an MRI of my pelvis because I had a lot of hip pain, a lot of back pain. And it was just this, like my body literally felt like I was carrying a lot of this, like just massive amount of weight on my lower body. Um, so I had a, an MRI of my pelvis, which just showed some of the muscles within my um, glute or butt area were enlarged, but nothing else was abnormal. Did let me answer. Did you have, yes. Did you have like fatigue with that or did you have? Abs absolutely. It, the, the pain was different in the fact that I think a lot of people, when they think of physical pain, they think of searing, they think of sharp, they think of like just this impactful type of pain. And it was this heavy tightening, fatiguing, just like you had mentioned, type of pain. Um, it affected every aspect of my life. I mean, it affected me going to work, um, my relationships, my ability to be social and to interact. It took everything from me. And um, it was about a good year of working with a pain specialist and doing um, what they call injections into the muscle belly. And they um, use Botox or they can use local anesthetic to help relax it with minimal relief. Um, I had been doing some chiropractic care, acupuncture, um, had been seeing a medical massage therapist. I've been working with a, uh, um, a physical therapist. And it was one day, it was about a year and a half into the whole thing of just going to appointments and seeing minimal relief and just being so, I was so frustrated. You know, I was so upset with the system and that going, I have been. Going to continual appointments gets oh. stressful in itself. It's, it's overwhelming because every day off was running to appointments and every day off was seeing minimal relief. And every day off was just overwhelming fatigue and pity in myself, which I hated. I couldn't work out. I, could, I couldn't even stand in my kitchen and do the dishes without having pain. Um, and I was frustrated with the system that I had worked in for, shoot, now I guess it would be about 15 years. I was frustrated 
that this is how my life was at the age of 33. And I thought, well, shoot, what happens if I never feel better? And you know how that is. You ask the what ifs and you think about the past and you think about the future and you, you forget about the current present moment. And I remember going into um, a medical massage appointment. It's a, it's a massage therapist that has specific training and you need insurance approval and all this other stuff to do it. But I remember going into an appointment and I was so, I was just so, I was done. I was like, I don't know what else to do. And she's like, I have somebody I want you to connect with. And it was um, this young female, she was an orthopedic physical therapist. And she's like, she just wants to come in and say hi and ask you a few questions. And, you know, it was those two individuals kind of thinking outside of the box that led me to um, a women's health physical therapist. She was a pelvic floor physical therapist. And um, not a lot of people know about it. It's a type of um, physical therapy that I didn't even know about. And I've worked in healthcare. Um, but she did an examination, which often requires an external and then also an internal examination and noted that a ton of the ligaments and the muscles with that, with, within the pelvic floor. So a lot of those muscles that connect to the hip, a lot of the muscles that connect to the spine were extremely tightened. They were actually pulsating on, on, um, touch. A lot of those muscles had been shortened and tightened and pulling on my hip and my sacrum causing a lot of my pain. So after almost two years, and this is a long story, but. So, so Leslie, do you have kids? I don't. Okay. No so kids. That's what I wanted to make sure because we, we a lot of times see um, responses like that in the pelvic floor when there's one or multiple childbirths. So that is very strange for someone who has not had any to all of a sudden just develop that. Absolutely. And I think it was years of, and I had this described to me and it, it made sense. I think I'm one of those people that when I like, I watch a scary movie or I'm driving down the road in traffic and I hit a pit stop and I get frustrated, I clench my bottom instead of like some people clench their jaw. Mm -hmm. And I think a combination of that and just a very stressful job sitting in, in hard stools for long periods of time at work. Um, I think it was a combination of bad behavior and I, I was heavy into working out. So I'm sure mm -hmm. the combination of working on, you know, what we focus on contracting and shortening the muscle instead of relaxing um, the muscle, I think also, I think it was a combination of things. Um, I do think stress plays a huge role because I think, especially as women, I think we hold a lot within our mid region um, and I think our pelvic floor takes a ton of stress. And just like you said, pregnancy is one that most women go through. And unfortunately, a lot of women are okay with having dysfunction with bowel or bladder or pain or maybe intercourse. Um, and they think it's normal. And I, and I have learned throughout my experience that you don't have to be okay with that type of dysfunction. Yes, for sure. So that being said, then did you go through the treatment to through the physical therapy, through a physical therapy program or something to, to overcome that? Or was there a deeper, like, was there a diagnosis or something? Absolutely. So I, what the diagnosis is, it's kind of a broad term. Um, it's called hypertonic pelvic floor syndrome. So anything that means hypertonic means tightening or shortening. So it's, it's kind of a, a catch-all diagnosis of um, 
essentially saying what I said earlier, those muscles are just tightened and shortened and they cause dysfunction throughout, I mean, many organs, it can cause dysfunction in many joints. Um, so I did. So after I had met with um, my massage therapist, I started the pelvic floor physical therapy. I think that was in like late January of this year. And I went every week. I've been going every week up until about a month ago. We spaced it out to every other week because I've been seeing progress and having less pain. Um, the quarantine made things a little challenging as far as keeping up with the medical massage therapy, but I've picked that back up, which I found helpful. Um, I really found a lot of relief with acupuncture, but it's been incredibly difficult to try to manage all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been committed to doing what I need to do to feel better. Cause I know how terrible I felt for so long. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it was not only doing the treatment plan that they had given me, but also changing my mindset. I'm 100% sold on the fact that, and I've met a ton of people through social media that have experienced the same thing. And I think changing my mindset and trying to turn it into something positive has allowed me to see greater reward and improved progress. I, I tell people that all the time. I think changing the way I viewed the experience has helped me Help, has helped me to get better. And I've done really well with trying to find the best out of something that has been very traumatic for me. Yes. And you could have not tried and you could still be there. So, and of course we're both super positive people because we've connected. <laughs> and sometimes I'm sure some people get sick of us going, yay, rah, rah, keep going. But that's really the only choice you have if you're going to get past it. So now the question that I've been dying to ask, yeah. did you make any connection with your life experiences and the stress level through different um, areas of your life? Did you, did you tie any of your previous life experiences to the health condition that you're dealing with now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I'm a very type A type of person. And I, I think like we've talked about before, and you've mentioned in your previous podcast, healthcare workers are very empathetic people. Um, I do feel like I hold in a lot of stress and I try not to pass on that stress to a lot of people. And I think a lot of that's held internally. And I, I do think that having a musculoskeletal condition that has resulted in like the stress of a lot of muscles I'm sure that doesn't help. Um, My husband has been amazing in the fact that he's given me, he's tolerated my my irritability and my shortness when I've felt less than stellar. Um, But I, in the past, I've had an extremely toxic relationship that I got out of in 2013. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be, like, that's what I wanted to do. And I was in the right mind frame. And and that's whenever I built the body that I had loved and I, I got really hardcore into working out. That was like my, my stress relief. I loved bodybuilding. I loved hopping on the bike and just going crazy and letting my stress. And so I think for me, whenever all of this had happened, I lost that stress relief and I saw how quickly emotional pain took over because that's all you could think about. Like my, my outlet that I had used to overcome a lot of difficulties, it was taken away from me. 
And I could see how so many of us that go through something traumatic, once that ability to, to release stress is gone, it becomes very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I felt this last year, just, you know, trying to get back into doing what I was doing before and working out. It's mentally been just wonderful for me. So I'm going to veer off the plan here just a little bit only because yeah. two weeks ago I did a podcast on, um, the name of the podcast was emotional abuse fatigue. Um, uh-huh. it was a name that I made up, which is AKA adrenal dysfunction or adrenal I love it. Um, just because you've mentioned that you came out of a toxic relationship and from the toxic relationship threw yourself into highly, um, exertive activities. So mm-hmm. the adrenal gland, and I'm, again, people can go back and listen to the previous podcast on this, but the adrenal gland is the gland that helps us adapt to stress. So when you're in a toxic environment, your adrenal gland is on fire all the time because you stay one step, you try to stay one step ahead of the toxic person to avoid conflict and, you know, to, to keep the peace. So basically what you did is you took this high stress level relationship and you didn't slow down. You dumped it into very high stress level activity. So your body was working very hard during the toxic relationship. And then you went right into making your body work very hard in and a very active type of stress release. So in my experience, when I left my toxic relationship, I had given every ounce of stress release that my body could handle in it. And when I removed myself, I started getting very, very sick. And so you kind of followed the same pattern. You just had a period yes. of overexertion between there. So it's, it's yes. no wonder that your body eventually broke down. So some of that yeah. probably came from some adrenal type dysfunction. Because, oh, I'm sure. You know, because then your body lets go of the things that aren't so important, like pelvic floor musculature strength and you know, <laughs> pupil dilation and digestive stuff. So it makes total sense if you've come out of something like that and um, I don't know if, if we talked about this, but did, I was a bodybuilder also for um, a segment in my healing. So that's another thing we have in common. Yes. And throw in that anesthesia school. Yes. yes. <laughs> it was, I had a lot of major stressors and I like being busy and I like the stress. And I think part of like we've mentioned before in healthcare, you take care of everybody else and, you know, being relatively young, you, you kind of pass by a lot of triggers like, Hey, slow down. You should stop that until you have pain. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's human nature. We don't really address the issue until we reach crisis mode. Right. And I, I always wonder like, why do we do that? Why do we wait until crisis to change something? Or why do we wait until we're in severe pain to change something? And I think that's been one of the best things that I've been able to, to sit back and look at throughout this whole experience. And, and I think too, you know, you mentioned personalities like us that we like to be busy. We like the feeling of stress activated activities, but, and I think that's okay. As long as we remember we and our health have to come first. Mm-hmm. And so you have to slow down enough to be able to sustain that lifestyle because you experience it just like I experience it. When you start falling behind in the things that you feel like you should be doing, then it really messes with your mental state because you feel like you should be being productive and you can't be. And, you know, just because of the hundred mile an hour personality we have, when you can't be a hundred miles an hour, it, it makes us feel like we're going backwards. I couldn't agree more. 
until your cup is empty and then you have nothing left to give. Yes. And so we know that the physical health and the mental health strongly affect each other. And it wasn't until I left a toxic environment that I really began to see the effects that it had on my physical health. So uh, were you aware that your illness could have been stemming from previous stuff and something that you had been through, you know, and, and with that, have you changed anything in your lifestyle as far as moving forward? That's a good question. I think in the beginning, I thought it was just like, oh, I, I had hurt myself. And I never really remembered a specific instance of um, injury or trauma. It kind of just randomly came on, which is a little odd in itself. Um, so in the beginning, I thought, well, how did I hurt myself? And then I think as I started having more of a diagnosis and I read a lot of books by just really, really knowledgeable um, women, particularly in the field. And so many of them said it's, it's about slowing down. It's about de-stressing. It's about finding time for yourself, changing your mindset. And there was one particular book that I had read. It's called the brain's way of healing. It's by, um, I think it's by Norman Deutsch is his last name. And he was a psychiatrist that, um, in his practice, he had come across many people that had suffered from pain. And he thought, well, I want to learn more about how the brain works and how it works, particularly in somebody that has not only physical pain, but emotional pain as well. And I think in that book, I kind of internally reflected about how I respond to others around me and the stress that maybe they relay on to me. And I think it was a conversation that we had where you were like, you, you can't change people. You can't, you have to remove yourself from how they, they give emotion to you. And I think it was even your conversation that I was like, wow, like maybe this is years of me trying to fix things or help others that are damaging to me that I need to release, that I need to let go um, for my own, not only my own health, but I think my own sense of calm. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I absolutely, I think, and I've, I've said it before, but I absolutely think that slowing down and I, I took some time off of work, which has been super good for me to just really every morning I kind of reflect I think about things that I'm grateful for. I think about things that I would like to change. I find ways to de-stress and yoga has become something that I do every morning. And it's allowed me to kind of reflect on my relationships that I have and what I can do to make them not only better, but to make them serving for both me and the other person. So I have never had a chance to really slow down. So <laughs> and. So let, it's been helpful. Okay. So let me ask you this. This just popped into my head. Um, yeah. Only because I, you know, I work with a lot of people. I have the support group online. And one of the things that people struggle with is the guilt when they take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. So when you started having to put yourself first and take the time to slow down and do the yoga and do the meditation and the stuff that you needed to do, did you deal with, a, did you deal with guilt? Like I should be doing something else. At first I did. And my, my husband is amazing. He's like, you need to take this time for yourself. He's like, right now is your time. Like we, we can't keep running to appointments and not getting better. <laughs> he said, you don't deserve that. And if, if you need to have time off and you need to have X amount of hours a day to do what you need to do. And at first I was like, 
I, I felt like I was doing something wrong. Yes. <laughs> um, but now I, I, I've come to just make it a routine in my day. And there, in the beginning, it was, it was incredibly hard because there were so many times I was like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to get out of the chair because I'm just, I'm ticked off that I'm in this situation and I'm upset that I'm hurting all the time. And then I finally had to say, I, I can't get better if I don't change something in my daily routine. And so I started small. I started off by just doing a short yoga video every morning. And then after the yoga video, I would do like a couple minutes of breathing. And I'm not talking that, uh, you know, about a ton of time in a half an hour, you can do a lot of self inflection. Um, and after about a good couple weeks, I actually looked forward to doing those activities in the morning. So it, it wasn't easy by any means. It's, it's weird how we guilt trip ourselves into like, we're doing something positive. Yes. <laughs> and we somehow make it to be a guilty action, which it absolutely shouldn't be. And sometimes I think we just like your husband gave you permission. I think sometimes we uh -huh. need somebody to give us permission I never had that, you know, I never had somebody that was so willing to do whatever, you know, I, there's no way if I didn't have the support from him that I, I don't think that I could have made that step to mm -hmm. do that for myself. And it sounds so sad, but I think sometimes you need to have somebody tell you it's okay. It's okay mm -hmm. to just sit back and find, find you again, find your happiness and find a pain-free life, which I, you know, in the last couple of months, I've been able to have that. So, so for the listeners out there, Leslie and I are, are right now today, giving you permission to do what you need to do <laughs> to take care of yourself. So if you don't have anybody else in your life that's doing it, we'll give you permission. Um, so we were, we talked about how illness affects us and plays a huge role in our mental state, but because of the type of work I am in, I have people that are dealing with illness, but they're, they're dealing with trauma on top of it. Mm. And when you're dealing with illness and trauma, it can be, it can become not over just overwhelming, but it can become very hopeless for many. So what would you tell those who are feeling defeated because of these two things when they think about trying to get healthy again and, or trying to change just one thing and they can't even force themselves to do it? What, what type of advice would you give them where to start, even if it's yeah. small? That's so great. Um, you know, I say just find, find your person. I mean, I think you have to find somebody that you can just completely collapse upon and whether that be a friend or your mom or a spouse, whatever it may be. I think first you need to have, whether it's Dr. Heidi, maybe it's her, um, whoever that may be, I think you need to find somebody to keep you going. Cause there's going to be days that you absolutely want to give up. There's going to be days that you think you're not worthy of making that decision or doing that X thing. So I think finding somebody that can keep you chugging along. And I think like we said before, giving yourself permission to be happy. Um, you do not have to take care of somebody that's affecting you in a negative way. I mean, if, if somebody is draining you, I think you have to be okay with making yourself happy and you shouldn't feel guilty about that. Mm -hmm. um, and when we talk about illness and trauma on top of it, I think, I think it's a massive topic. I think we could talk about for hours. Right. 
Um, you know, I think that's why the opiate addiction is the way it is, because I think a lot of people go through an illness or an injury. Um, and that pain, that physical pain lasts for a very short period of time, yet people are still abusing prescription medications. They're still abusing opioids. And I think a lot of that has to do with trauma or unresolved emotional pain. And I think in order for you to move forward is to make yourself open to feeling that pain. Um, I think a lot of us, we don't like to be uncomfortable. It's human nature. We don't like to feel pain. Um, but I think when you're dealing with something that's traumatic, and I've been there, and something that's affected you deeply and emotionally, I think you have to feel that emotion and you have to move forward. Um, so I think my best advice is to to find the best in each day, because I think Unfortunately, it's, it's such a cliche comment maybe, but I think things could always be worse. I try to find, you know, the good behind my pain that I've had. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I think I'm a better person by experiencing what I have. And I, I don't wish that type of pain on anybody, but I do feel like it's made me into something better. Um, I think your, your mindset is everything because I think each and every one of us can get up and complain every single day. It's easy. It's easy to complain, but it's hard to get up and find the best things that that you're given mm -hmm. in each day. You know, and that brings me back to I've I've said this several times on my podcast that my mom, when I was going through my toxic relationship, she didn't really understand the depth of it and she had never experienced it. So when she ran out of things to say, she would say, Heidi, every like it's supposed to. And mm -hmm. at the time that did not help me at all. But now looking back, <laughs> now look now that I can look back and see the person that I am, and I'm sure you can say the same thing. When you look back and see all the things you had to go through to get to where you are today, you understand that everything does happen as it's supposed to. And life is a journey, it's not a destination. So whatever people are going through right now, this is not where you're supposed to stay. Yes. And I've I love it. I kind of came up with this when I was working on one of my podcast episodes and I was like, I really like that. But I have said recently that I think confidence is not just believing in yourself. It's the ability in believing that you can overcome any hurdle, any life challenge, any struggle, any pain, and to come out, come out moving forward in a, in a positive, better you. So I, I try to look at it as not just being happy and confident in you, but being confident in the fact that you can overcome this, you can overcome the hurdle that's, that's before you and you can be a better person because of it. Yeah. And you know, we sound probably pretty raw, raw, but, <laughs> but we are both people who have actually walked the path. Yes. You know, so we're, we're here to tell you that if we can do it, you can do it. Yes. I had a friend recently that said, some she's just an amazing person she's positive and she's always posting things on social media that are just very uplifting and she said recently she had somebody come up to her and was like i just feel like nothing bad ever happens to you and your family and my friend was like i can't believe you would say that and she's like you're just always so positive and you're always just posting all these great things and she's like things happen to us every single day She's like, I just choose to not dwell on it. She's like, I choose to not dwell on the fact that my husband's car was broken into. And I choose to not dwell on the fact that, hey, I'm like behind on like all this work. And she's like, I just choose to not 
share and dwell on all the negative aspects of my day. Right. And, you know, that kind of goes along with what we concentrate on and what we focus on is what we attract. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So when we're focusing on the stuff that we don't really want in our life, we tend to attract more of what we don't want in our life. Absolutely. Um, Okay. Let's say I want, I want to talk about your podcast just a little bit because I'm thinking people are probably going to want to know where to find it. So um, tell us a little bit about the examples because you mostly have guests on your podcast. So tell us a little about the examples of what type of guests that you have, because I'm I'm sure sure there's people that'll be like, oh, I got to go listen to that one. And then let (laughs) us know where we can find you and where we can find your podcast. Absolutely. So the podcast is awesome just starting off with that, but I try to put on an episode once a week. Um, usually at the end of the week, I always tell listeners to kind of look out for a new episode. Um, part of those are ones that I do myself. And I think that they're just topics. I, I think that are, a, a, that anybody can relate to, but particularly the, the, maybe the female audience and my, uh, guests that I have on my podcast, I do a variety. I've had a few that have been in healthcare um, I've had Dr. Heidi, um, a couple of physical therapists, and I've had some pelvic floor physical therapists. So if that's something that you feel like maybe this is affecting me, um, I've got a few of those. I had a female that focuses on how the brain works and neuroscience and how we can change our thoughts to better ourselves. I've had a couple of females on there that have talked about their journey through cancer and how that's made them to be the, the person they are today. Um, I've, you know, I really try to choose topics that I think the average person can mm-hmm. find value in. I've got one coming up that's a special education teacher, and she's going to talk about um, kind of how the quarantine is affecting special education and, and what we can do as a general public to kind of support the education system. So... It's not just about, I don't want, you know, at first I started it and I thought, I don't want to sit and talk about my pain because that's just negative and nobody wants to listen to that. And so I thought I would, you know, talk about topics that can, I think, benefit and improve um, overall health and to improve pain. Right. And, and, you know, the, the standpoint that I take on, on all of the education that I do is once people understand things it's not so hard to move through it. Mm-hmm. It's when you, it's when you don't understand it, that it keeps you trapped. Absolutely. So, so especially like your cancer survivors and things like that, to be able to see how they change, you know, bad into something good, that and understanding how the whole process works and, and that it's, it's a transition. You know, you're not stuck in one place. You, you're in a transition and you're moving to something better. And I think by you having people who've been through it, that's going to have a huge impact on people understanding their situation. So I love, I love that um, direction that you have in the podcast. Yes. So where can, and where can people find you? Yes. So um, Mighty Talks is found on pretty much every major platform. So Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, Anchor FM is the uh, podcast forum that it comes out of. So if you search Mighty Talks, um, you can find it on any of those platforms. Um, we're also on social media, Facebook, and then Instagram. It's at Mighty Talks. You can always feel free to message or tag us. Um, and on the social media, we have links to um, the podcast as well. 
And we also have a website called MightyTalks.com that you can find more information as well. Okay, good. So if, if a listener wants to get a hold of you, they can get a hold of you through the website or through the Mighty Talks Facebook page. Yeah, absolutely. There's a way to directly message on Instagram is probably the best way over Facebook. Um, and then the website also has a link that you can click on it. And I believe it has my email address on there as well, the Mighty Talks email address. And usually Instagram is probably the quickest way to find updated information and to connect with us. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here. I wouldn't be surprised if I don't get some inquiries on yet how to connect with you. So I'll make sure that I forward those people on to you. And I'm sure that we will be speaking again here in the next future. But thank you for being on this. I'm sure we have, we have hit a few people um, pretty close to home with this episode. Thank you so much for having me here. It's been a pleasure. Yes, we'll talk to you soon, Leslie. Sounds great. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. If your life is being affected by a toxic relationship, visit coachingwithdrheidi.com and take our free toxicity profile analysis or schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Heidi. You can also follow us on Instagram at Coaching with Dr. Heidi or join our private Facebook group at Strength Within. Take your first step to freedom today. And remember, it's not normal, it's toxic. <laughs>